When the sun rises I wake up and chase my dreams I won't regret when the sun sets Cause I live my life like I'm a beast This is the Sales Mall Podcast Your hosts, Jerry Hill and Ryan Reiser Talk about the sales game And always keep it real Hey Ryan, another week of the sales mall. Big rugby week over in the UK. We announced the uh, British and Irish Lions touring team to South Africa. Happens every four years. So my Thursday was consumed throwing things at the television as they announced that score. How's your week been? Not as exciting as yours because I don't have uh, I don't have the rugby rugby uh, live on my side. But uh, uh, good stuff over here. I'm. Uh, I'm really, really seeing some uh, good traction. And, you know, as a phone first person, this might surprise you, Jerry, but I'm actually really excited about the fact that my marketing engine is turning on. You know, I've dumped a shit ton of money (laughs) into my HubSpot, into, I mean, I do a lot of video content and all that stuff, but, something something clicked this week and i'm getting this i've never been blessed with this jerry but i'm getting inbounds people interested in my product now the interesting thing about that is i had this conversation the other day about inbounds in my inbounds i create a leak if someone doesn't click that link and book with me and they're not on my list i'm not calling them so, uh, <laughs> and people think I'm crazy, but, uh, but if they book a time with me, I'll take it, but it's really exciting to build the list and have it coming in and, and those types of things. So that's been pretty exciting. Um, I've also heard a lot of people start to use phone ready leads in their vocabulary. So, uh, and, and I don't really even know them. Right. So that's a good thing. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some noise for it at the fringes. You know, my good friend Steve Burton put a post out the other day about it. Um, you know, and I know the conversation's flowing to a lot of different places globally and, and in the community at the moment. And it makes sense, right? For all the people that have been proven to pick up the phone and call them again and follow up. It's not a hard mantra to follow, but people just seem so bogged down on not having the necessary will to understand it, execute it, or or actually figure out how to operationalize it. So, you know, it's, it's early adopters for you still, but I'm just so happy at the action you've made because I love seeing and sharing that success with your brother. So it makes it's me really happy. Buckets, baby. We're just making it easier to execute buckets. And, uh, you know, I think that translates well in this, what we want to talk about this week, which is I think you see a lot of stuff out there, you know, uh, people who have... Uh, pretty big followings, uh, people who are providing advice around things that, uh, you know, are just kind of crazy, right? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we're doing at the very top of the funnel, whether you're using a connect and sell or phone ready leads, or yeah. you know, you're, buy- you're buying these technologies, the, the, the formula for success, which we'll repeat over and over again, is, hey, target the right people, who has a problem or there's a threat or there's an opportunity uh, in your market that you're going after, right? Build the list. 
message. Why should they want to talk to you? <laughs> what is that thing? You know, what are the, you know, who do you serve? How do you serve them? And why right? build that message and then uh, channel where can you reach them? You know, 90% of most funnels from a cold perspective, we'll start with the conversation. We talked about that last week uh, and it repeats itself. I've had a lot of those conversations now. People have reached out. I was like, yeah, that's funny. You said that because ours is like, you know, 87% or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's about right. You know, and then, uh, and then it's timing, you know, uh, that's the follow-up. That's the, that's the, Hey, no, not interested. Not me. The F off. And I think that translates into the point I'm trying to make here is, some really terrible advice people using sequencers and automations and robo spammers saying, oh, it's so awesome to get to that no so quickly because then you can stop wasting your time. I like this new move I have here. Boom, face plant. What? Why is that the advice you're providing? Why, why, would, you tell, why would you tell somebody who's just starting their career that your goal is to get someone to say not interested so you can stop wasting your time? That is the, uh, the, the fundamental issue is you don't understand completion. No. And, you know, you're trying to focus on meeting. Yeah, they're not interested in meeting with you. No shit. That's why meetings are killing our industry. But let's understand they're not interested. Their chances are they're not interested in the robo spam you sent them six times in saying you're going to call at 1130. Yeah. What the? F I don't get it. Uh, and that advice being celebrated. It's an, measurement, it's an activity and measurement floor and the engagement industry has got a huge amount of responsibility for creating that culture. Um, a response to an email is nothing. So what? A response to a message. A response to a cold call is nothing. It's nothing. None of that stuff matters unless you've completed a conversation, got a yes and no, a timing signal, a compelling reason to never call them back. And even then you should be calling people back unless they've explicitly said, take me off your list because I am on the do not call or whatever. And you accidentally slipped in. Yep. But, but we over-index the wrong bullshit all the time. And it's perpetuated by sales mavens who don't ever get out from behind their desk and actually execute and show their theory in practice to the world. And that to me is the frustrating thing. Get out well, from behind your fucking desk put some skin in the game and show people just how hard it is. Yeah. That, this is the, this is the thing that's frustrating is, you know, show off your email, your email data that shows this response rate. Oh, check out this kick-ass sequence that gets a 15% response rate. It's like, yeah, 15% of people saying, no, thank you. Not interested. Unsubscribe. You know, that is not a success. Um, because I can show you my 150 conversations that said, no, thank you, not interested. And that's actually a 40% response rate. If you want to look at the same thing, because in my math, maybe sometimes 60%, I get to 60, 60% response rate, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I also try to get to the why. Now, 60% of those people, I'm not going to. They're going to tell me to fuck off. They're going to tell me no. They're going to tell me they're not interested. They're going to tell me some rude things. Sometimes they're going to you know, say some weird shit too, like their head got chopped or their friend's heads got chopped off, which is not true. It was just they're trying to be weird about talking to a salesperson, right? Yeah. And you, unfortunately, if you're a new time rep, are going to hear this stuff and be like, oh my God, what's going on? That's just a part of the game. It's a part of the process and it's not the prospect's fault. 
here's the other thing about all this stuff, you know, because there are some proponents, you know, my competitor tried to do this in the cold cage. And I was like, no, man, that's not okay. It's your fault. Right. Yeah. They didn't want to take the call from you. And I get that all the time too. I've put it on the PRL live. This guy's calling me out as the worst call ever. Yeah. It's happened to me twice, twice recently. And I publicly show it publicly show. I'm the worst cold caller in the fucking world. <laughs> and, yeah. and that, in that moment in time to that person, I was, and that was my fault, by the way, my fault, not his. Right. And guess what I did recently? I called, I called, I called one of those guys back and I, I actually have the recording. I don't know if I'm going to put the recording live or not. Cause I think the guy's now like connected and stuff. So you might see it, right. uh, but he thanked me. He said, he said, by the way, there is uh, here's where I'm at and bringing on another rep. And that's probably going to be a meeting for the person I was representing at the time. And um, guess what I do? I'll keep following up. I'll keep following up. The other guy that said that I was the worst caller ever and I wrote a book, that guy's going to love my book and review it at some point in the future when I get him back on yeah. the phone. When I get back on the phone. Um, but we are in a position now where we're seeing advice from people who either A, have never really done the job. I've never really been in a seat of full cycle sales. Jay, I don't think a lot of people understand. I, I get seen as a just an SDR because I've branded myself this way. These days, I'm mean, a freaking LinkedIn is sales development rep. I don't think people know that I've built okay. sales teams from scratch, built companies from scratch. Oh, I've had a company as a head of sales that was acquired by a unicorn. I've been in sales of over 5,000. You hit your target in 11 months, right? Like 10 months. Yeah. I don't think people know that, but um, I'm not, this isn't about me. This is, this is about the fact that it's about people who are out there who haven't done the job saying shit that's not true and you shouldn't follow it. Um, Well, I won't say shouldn't. You should be wary of it. I I hate to talk in absolutes. I posted this recently about speaking in absolutes is, is going to corrupt absolutely. But this is the thing. If you're listening to advice from an individual and, and you're new, and this is specifically for people who are new, because I think people who get it, get it, like that's just bullshit. But if you're new to the role and you're trying to figure this stuff out, just be very wary of the advice you're seeking, either from people who have never really done it all the way through, right? All, like they've done it all, right? If they, if they really understand shit. Or from people who... Um, maybe did it, but it was a very long time ago, like very, very long time ago. They're not doing it right now. Yeah, I spoke at the sales day, Joe's sales was from last year, uh, last week, last two weeks ago, sorry. And I didn't hide the fact that it's a really hard thing to do. But it's a really good thing to do and it's a really successful thing to do because it gives you insight and telemetry on your go to market in a way that no other channel does or no other form of going to market can. And then there was a woman who's a sales trainer in the UK and her advice was so bad. It was abject and it was irresponsible. It was irresponsible. I've known this woman five years now and people listen to the stuff that they believe makes life easy for them yes 
Yes, let me send an email after an automated email after six. No, I will never advise six spams to say I'm going to use script. Don't use a script. Don't use a script. Well, yeah, I've heard that advice too, which is absolutely terrible. And I was just pulling the remaining hair that I had out. I can't even make. I I can't make a call without a script. I don't even know what to say. I can't anymore. Yeah. Oh, lo and behold, guys, I'm I'm not a magician. I, I, had a, I had a conversation today where a CEO accidentally slipped into a list, and I was a bit like the rabbit in the headlights. Oh, oh, Jerry, you're a terrible caller. You suck. You should know exactly what to say when to say it. Yeah. Trainer, you're terrible. I would have said this. I would have said that. Get in the ring. Get in the, Get ring. In the arena. Make that call, be in the situation and see what happens. That's why you're prepared. I could practice, 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 and I still get punched in the mouth. Yeah, you need game time. It's like anything. But there's an entire industry which is perpetuating falsehoods because they're telling people that there are certain things that are easier to do. And people love easy. People just love easy. Well, here's the thing. And I had had this conversation. You go back to that. I had this conversation yesterday. Someone has, she found the, uh, you know, I turned, uh, I turned Outbound Sales No Fluff into its own podcast because why not? James is yeah, good at free, freemium, freemium content. You got the Audible, it's free. You get the whole thing. And someone found it, reached out and said, um, said, uh, holy shit, I've been doing this for 20 years, your buckets thing. It makes total sense. But I have a question. The question, when do I give up? When do I give up on a, a priority? Why would I, when do I give up on a priority? And I said, absolutely never. What? Well, if you're using buckets correctly, that you target companies, you sell to people. So the companies, the company is the priority at that stage. And the person you may, you know, you might find that they're an asshole. They may have told you to take you off their list. So that individual might be gone, but you have to go find someone else to keep running your buckets. Um, but that company is not on your list. The list is the strategy, right? Unless you passionately, genuinely believe that you might be able to help them and you don't take them off until you've like clearly determined that they are not a fit and you can't ever really get there until they're in the stage of actually going through your sales process. So you don't take a priority off a list because they haven't gone through your process yet. You haven't had a chance to do proper discovery. You know nothing about their business. You have a hypothesis that you think can help them. This is your, your duty to do that. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot of waste of time. No, what sounds like a waste of time is responding to inbound leads. Let's go back to where we started here. Responding to an inbound lead that comes in who wants to technically buy from you or whatever, chasing those individuals down to eventually buy from you instead of them coming to you and say, here's my money. And when then when they buy from you, you start to completely change your product roadmap because you have a customer that looks like this and looks like that and demanding this and demanding that. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what you what you aim to do and service in the market is now not anything near what you needed to do. And you have all these different competing priorities because you don't know what the hell you are as an organization, as a business, as a service offer. Again, this is just my approach. This is how I think about things. Very focused. The list is the strategy. So getting back to this advice of um, the laziness, the easy way out, the get to knows, all that stuff. Like, yeah, of course you want to be able to not 
spend time on someone who's not going to buy from you technically if you're in a transactional sales environment. But we're talking about B2B enterprise sales, right? B2B, um, B2B is very different. Um, B2B enterprise sales requires persistent commitment to a process. You have a massive TAM and a very transactional sales. Sure. Next, 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 next. No big deal. Um, but there's going to be follow-up on those even that said, no, I would hope if they were, if you've done a good job of creating the list in the first place, right? A no now is, is not a no forever. People's change, situations change, circumstances change, jobs change. You know, the individuals that you're building relationships change, change, change. Acquired, acquired somebody else, need to go to market, not quite sure how to do something. You know, there's a whole bunch of insight there. But you just need to be persistent and drive that conversation flow. You know, I, I, I've been booking meetings of 12th, 12th to 17th conversations with people in recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, timing. And, and timing, but not only that, I'm, I've sort of been learning a play from the great Cheryl Turner recently, which she almost insists on it, handles the no-show if it happens, but that has an excuse to drive reschedule. You know, she tolerates people not attending meetings. She kind of insists on the meetings. She gets them on the diary and then she calls them up when they don't turn up and she goes, hey, appreciate the, you know, X, Y, Z. And she just reschedules and she reschedules and she reschedules. You know, and that's a skill and an art in in his own right. But that's not something that you're going to hear from the experts, right? Oh, no, give up. It's not worth it. Give up. Send six steps, tell them you're calling at 11.30 and let them qualify themselves out. David Tyler would be proud. <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, but that type of advice happens often. Uh, I mean, just on that one, like, here's another really good living example of why a conversation can matter. I called a VP of sales at the cyber company yesterday. We had a good conversation. He said, this isn't right for me right now. I said, okay. So you don't have any growth imperatives whatsoever. And he went, well, I didn't know this. He said, oh, well, we're a private equity-backed company. We've always got growth imperatives. He said, why don't you send me an email? It sounds like actually that could be quite interesting, but I just don't have the attention for it right now. Sure, I'll send you the email. And I never don't send people the email. You know, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's a bad thing to send somebody an email. But he said, before you send it to me, can you promise me one thing? And I went, what's that? And he went, Please guarantee me I'm not going to end up in some horrible automation stack where you're oh, yeah. just going to continuously email me and email me and email me. I said, no, I won't do that. I'm going to send you the email. I put a note to call you back in three months' time. I'll refer to this conversation when I call you back. I'll refer to the email that I sent you. I'll give you a use case around a private equity-sponsored company that I work with, and we can have a grown-up conversation as peers. And he went, that's all I want. Is it that hard? Is it that hard? Now, here's the here's the one thing about the email stuff. Um, this is working quite well. Uh, again, some people might call it terrorists. The one thing I add to that, which tends to work quite well, is like, hey, it sounds like there is future interest. You don't want me on your email spam, which I wouldn't do anyway. Um, if you truly do have a bit of interest, why don't we pencil in? A five minute touch base. Yeah. Exactly. You know, three weeks, uh, three months from now. It looks like that's boom. I'm sure you have that time. If you need to move it, you can. Yeah. Then you go back to what you just said with the diary and rescheduling. 
the chances of that being a real meeting that shows next to nothing, no. but, but it's a micro commitment. Cause if they say yes, and you get it, it's on the calendar, you have a placeholder and now you can refer to not just the conversation, but you have that piece and you start the, you start to build back up. So, you know, you might call a week, you might call him a week ahead of that scheduled time because he's, he's thinking that he's going to, he or she may, may not, you know, you don't know yet, but maybe they're going to just cancel that on you. But a week ahead, you call them anyway. Hey, we got that call next week. I want to remember it's about this way. This is that still now you just, this is what, this is what we talked about in the book, right? You confirm right. it, but you're not confirming it. You're basically restarting that conversation and you use that as a signal as to why. And now you just get right back into that conversation to essentially rebook, rebook it. Yeah. That's a very tactical way of leveraging a future meeting. Here's where most people will fail and they'll say, Hey, Ryan, that means not going to show. Yeah. I don't think that means he's going to show, but they micro, they committed to a micro commitment of meeting at some point in the future. And then I start my follow-up towards that sooner than what I, they committed to. Yeah. And I don't do it via email. Right. I call them again. Cause I know they're a phone picker up. Right? Yeah. They're going to, they will pick up, they will pick up that call between, if you started calling them a week ahead, and they're a phone picker upper, they're probably going to pick up that call at a very, like, I'd say 80% chance that they'll pick up after five or so attempts. And now you get them back into that conversation, which it's not about the meeting. Again, it's never about the meeting. It's about trying to get to completion. Remember we talked about PE and you're always in a growth imperative. And, you know, I had, I, I shared that story with you and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we can carve out some more time now. You know, it's been three months. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would actually cut that time in half, right? It wouldn't be three months, it'd be six weeks. Because three months is a long time. Yeah. You know, he's not going to remember. Even if you did book it, you can make that call. Like, hey, I was thinking about something around this PE use case. And I thought I'd give you a call. I know it wasn't a priority then, but things change. Six weeks is a long time, man. Oh, she's I, 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 I think cats can have babies in that amount of time or something like that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> mice, mice can. Mice can. There we go. Those, those uh, can. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Some of this stuff just leaves me feeling confounded because the lack of common sense that exists in the world today on this stuff is just no material. And I think a lot of it spawned out of, again, laziness, human instinct, to want to go towards easy, not hard, not confront issues. You know, number one issue I see in the world sometimes on this stuff is just cherry picking. I used to be guilty of this when I was a young cycle guy back in the day. I'd just call up the person I had the best relationship with to type my number. I'd, yeah. call Ryan. I'd call Ryan once a week. Hey, Ryan. You're all right. We get along. I like you. You like me. Patting your talk time, aren't you? What's happening? Anything you can update me on since we last spoke? Talk, talk time was a huge metric for you guys, huh? Average yeah. talk time. Yeah. Always. Always. Yep. All right. Yeah. Solving, sol solving the wrong problem. Solving yeah. the wrong problem. What I found was one of my most successful plays at the beginning of this year, which has created the opportunity for me to nearly execute my financial year within the next two months to come. Six months early, potentially, right? With the fact that I simply ran one filter on connecting. So I went into my follow-up lists. I didn't have them that highly structured then. This was in January. I now have buckets set up. But I would literally just filter every single hang up, busy call back later, no interest, no reason given, this position. 
in my follow-up list and I'd simply press go, assume that I'd never spoken to those people before and go again on my breakthrough. Yeah. That yeah. was it. You've manufactured phone-ready leads for yourself. That's exactly. what it is. They don't remember you. They don't remember me. I'm not arrogant enough to believe that. They, they don't even... So here's the thing about that. Let's go back to the six months guy. That guy's not going to remember you even with the email and all that stuff. You know, it's not going to, but you have a little more context and confidence that it makes sense to take that conversation away from breakthrough and into something more specific. But there, he's not even going to remember you. So these ones are certainly not going to remember you. And, um, that's a, that's an important, that's an important thing to know for people who make calls. You and then even if it is a calibrated follow-up, a lot of people go, Oh yeah, vaguely. No, um, they're not gonna remember. No, they remember. just say it's be polite. That's hey, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remind me, remind me what that is again. You have yeah. to realize as a That's rep. Why you've got to leave that one with humility. Brian, I don't expect you to remember, but we shared a conversation on the 7th of May at 11 in the morning. You were headed into a meeting to do some very important work. Oh yeah, so yeah, Jerry, of, yeah, so Jer of. yeah, Jerry, I'm doing that again. What's going on? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to grab those 27 seconds again and remind you of the conversation. Yes. But guess what? That books at 300 to 500 percent more than that very first conversation. Yep. Why would you want a 300 to 500 percent uplift if you're converting at 10 percent today on your first conversation? Why wouldn't you want to do that? What have you got? You've got a phone-ready lead. Your data connect is going to go from 20 to 1 to 4 to 1. You're going to be able to have 20 conversations a day rather than 10 in the time that you've got allocated. Plus, they're generally interesting and curious people. You just had a bad experience first time around around something you can't control, which is their mindset in that moment they picked up the phone the first time. Yep. That's well, a big it's a big tip that we can land on and we should repeat that one more time Jerry. What what is that? What is the most important takeaway on the the learnings here and we'll take it back just to kind of dissect a lot of stuff we covered here today which was it telling somebody that it's okay to stop from an email automation step 6 it's a very bad idea because why? It starts Every conversation is going to start with that initial not interest. No, not me, not every, but 90, 97%. You showed me the data ahead of time, right? 97% is probably pretty statistically relevant considering there's so many conversations in that nut that you talked about, right? 97% of time, and that makes sense too for the buyer's pyramid. Why? Well, 3% are buying right now. So blind squirrel gets the nut. You're a blind squirrel, get in the nut. I don't care about intent data, all that stuff. Like, you know, you're going to your very first, your very first attempts are probably going to yield a lot of those results. If you give up at that point, you're going to be in a position of pain, hurt, and frustration. So what happens next, Jerry? What happens next? Treat follow up. Yeah, follow up. Treat that follow up as a first conversation. If you got three bad dispositions, busy call back later, no interest, no reason given, hung up on. Don't cherry pick out the ones just because you remember that Ryan dropped an F-bomb on you. You can't control what Ryan was feeling and thinking when you find him that day. All you can do is call him again. And you have two options there. You have the one, which is just a, just assume it didn't happen. You know, 
act like it didn't happen, see what happens. Yeah. I'd say 80, 90% of the time, they're not going to remember you at all. Probably more than that, but let's just assume that. Get out of your own ego head. Or the second thing is you can reference it. You could even say, you know what? I was the worst call you probably ever received because it seemed yeah. like I, I frustrated you so much, but I just want to see if I have another chance to tell you exactly why I was calling in the first place. And you let me know if I'm way off base here or if there might be something. You have a moment. You have 27 seconds. You have yeah. Whatever you want to ask. Makes perfect sense. All right. My dog's about to start barking because he's coming back into the office. So it's a good chance to land the plane. Um, Maulers, we will see you all next week. Till next time.